0: Oh Yahweh, thank you again for the opportunity. Holy Spirit, that you stir the word in my heart and my mind, thinking on these things, and so that you come and you speak to me and you bring these things to my to my thoughts so that I can share your truth, your knowledge, your wisdom. And that's all that I share, is just truth. Your truth, Father, that you bring, and I appreciate that so very much. Aman, Yeshua Aman, Aman. So, stirring up, and I come back again, because I'm, uh, I'm uh, stirred by what I hear. And what is shared. And um, I listen to my contemporary Christian playlist and cannot help at times. I'm compelled to bring to attention, compelled to bring to attention. Those of you that may not listen to what I listen to have never heard some of these artists or listen to their song. But in listening to these, um, the Holy Spirit brought to light some new dimension and, and quite honestly, he hadn't thought in that direction to this. But the Holy Spirit is made very, very evident. And I'm going to... Um, What I'm going to do is I'm going to read through the lyrics to the song first and was listening to it. And the reason I'm here speaking again is because the Holy Spirit prodded me and got me up. And sometimes, I'll be honest with you, it's like the angel did with Peter when Peter was in prison and Peter was lying there. And um, the scripture doesn't speak to it this way, but trust me. When Peter was laying there and wouldn't move, the angel didn't touch him and say, Peter, it's time to wake up. We need to go. No, I believe that the angel was more like gave him a little toe nudge that might have been a little bit more than a tap and said, Peter, get up. Let's go. It's time to go. And what happened on that? Remember when Peter was in prison? He was between chains and he was down and there were guards in there because, quite honestly, the Jews were afraid of the disciples. They were afraid of Jesus, which is why they killed him, not realizing, of course, that he came to sacrifice himself anyway. So they thought it was all their idea, again, what we tend to do. We think it's all about us. So nudging Peter as he did, it's time to go. So he got Peter up, and the next thing Peter knows is he's putting on his tunic and thinking he's gonna. he doesn't understand what's going on, of course. Uh, he just woke up. He's in that half-sleep stupor. And the next thing he knows is that they're outside the prison walls and gate, and they're not behind bars anymore. So, this is this is how the Holy Spirit tends to do. Sometimes I'm lying in bed and I'm relaxing, and it's late in the evening, and and uh, it's very very hot. So uh, there's little to no energy, and I'm kind of. But the Holy Spirit is poking, <laughs> poking, and he's not whacking. He didn't kick me and get me up, but he's he's stirring me. So that I'm not I'm unable to sleep or go to sleep and I don't mind that. Why don't because this is the word of God. This is the revelation that he gave. I mean that other that I shared between uh Proverbs and or between Psalm and Proverbs. God told me to share that. God told me to bring that. And when I listen to God and I do what God tells me to do, that was Brothers and sisters, plain and simple. Plain and simple. What I brought to you was a prophetic word from the Lord God Almighty. He said, You share this as it's written here, and you share it with them. And he even gave me the translation, dude, because he knows that I like the King James Version. I I was raised with it, and I'm into all that these and thou's and therefores and all. But he he brought me to this translation and had me share from this translation because it's very specific and he wants everyone to have a clarity. So God is very specific. And when he gives me direction, I do what he tells me to do, as we all must. We should all be. If you are claiming to be a Christian, then that's what we do. So that being said, Onward and upward. So I'm going to share these lyrics and then I'm going to go into into uh, what the Holy Spirit is sharing with me and looking, and this is not only in um, the New Testament, we got to go back into uh, the Old Testament and we'll talk about Moses and the nation of Israel on the move. So again, this is by a group of young contemporary artists that is very I love their music, I love their writing and I love the name of their group um, because it's what they do, they're messengers and as we all are if you are walking with the Lord and you're sharing and you're discipling and you are a disciple, you are a messenger and it is God's word, not yours so This is called, I Look Up. I've shared part of it with you before, but I'm going to do the entire thing and then we're going to talk to you about the Holy Spirit. I live my life in the valley. It keeps my eyes on you. I stay broken in the valley. Yeah, that's what valleys do. If I want to catch a glimpse of something bigger than me, I have to look up. And when I look up, I see... Oh, yeah. I see that love is a man hanging on a tree with his heart poured out for me. Love is a king watching over me. When I look up, he's all I see. He's all I see. I'm tired of chasing after feelings that are only found on mountaintops. Because when I'm standing on the top of everything, I'm looking down, not looking up. So if I wanna catch a glimpse of something bigger than me, I have to look up. And when I look up, I see that love is a man hanging on a tree with his heart poured out for me. Love is a king watching over me. And when I look up, he's all I see. When I walk through the valley, I will not be afraid. I will hold to the promise that you're walking with me. God, you lead me through waters where I lay down to rest. And I look up. Yeah, when I look up, I see that love is a man who is hanging on a tree with his heart poured out for me. I see that love is a king watching over me. And when I look up, he's all I see. Love is a man hanging on a tree with his heart pouring out for me. Love is a king watching over me. And when I look up, he's all I see. When I look up, he's all I see. So that doesn't sound a like a lot, but here's the thing. It's very important and it comes to um comes to mind the Holy Spirit brought two things to mind uh for me to share. And I'm gonna get to that. I didn't mark the pay because you just got me up and I did up, oh, never mind, he's taking me there. So, what we're going to do is we're going to look over. So, what we're going to do is we're going to go to the Old Testament. And we're going to go into the book of Numbers. And that is the fourth book of the Bible and its sequential number if you must have that. I'll share it with you. So we're gonna go to the book of Numbers and we're gonna go into chapter twenty-one. this is uh this is pretty typical of how pretty typical of how israel <laughs> Israel behaved consequently um and this is why Moses became readily upset with them and it's it's the way they were but you find in chapter twenty one that um and that uh, the Canaanite, this was uh, a king, had his spies going out and found that Israel had fought, or found that his uh, neighbors and others had fought against Israel and had taken some prisoner. Israel vowed a vow to God and said, if you deliver the people unto my hand, then I will utterly destroy their cities talking because they were coming before the Canaanites and they were in the midst of some trouble and remember that uh, again this is fairly typical of the nation so when they get things delivered and everything goes good then what do they do they immediately turn their back on God which is what I shared that other word with you, and I'm going to intertwine this because what I shared with you and what was delivered to me to bring was because that is this nation. What I shared to you in that reading is this nation. This is what we are doing. We turned our, we have turned our back on God. This used to be one nation under God and that we would hold one another indivisible Meaning that we would not be separate. We wouldn't be pulled apart. We would follow. We would stand up for one another. We weren't gonna be pulled apart. We weren't gonna let everything go to the shambles and look around you in this nation now. You have brother against brother. You have, the nation is against itself. It's a house of cards. But this thing that goes on here is that Israel was traveling and trying to get by these nations and they were trying to entreat some nations that they, were, they would go around, they wouldn't bother them. They were You had a whole lot of people moving. If you can imagine what this might look like. If you saw a group think i would be I think it would be safe to call it much more than a group but if you saw this huge movement 600,000 that's just the number of the nation of Israel that's not counting those that came with them what the Bible calls the sojourners or strangers that traveled with them and I know you're wondering now, how's that got to do with the song? I'll get there. Patience with it. Please. But you have 600,000 people. It takes a little while to get from place to place. And then you have those that are traveling with them that numbered in the thousands. So you have a really, really big caravan if you can if you could imagine it traveling on a modern highway and I'm trying to figure out if you have if we have a, a where we might have a modern highway that you could try to picture that at and i'm trying to to get um some numbers in my head um and give you an idea. Bear with me one moment, please. Okay, wow, that's a whole lot of people. I didn't think it was that high. Wow. So the population of Los Angeles, that's a massive number of people right there. In 1990, goodness gracious, there was a population of LA. LA is pretty spread out too. But uh, the population there was uh, three point almost three and a half million people. Um, so that's not really going to be a good example. Um, and I'm trying to find something that I can use as an example for you, so we can get uh, that an idea. Um, okay, I don't know just off the top of my head. But there's there's some cities that would number that. Um, so the point being is that you have a large number of people that are moving through the area that Are traveling, and you have them moving through, and so these other countries and his kings. Okay, so, um Just coming into mind here, you have the city of Fort Worth, Texas, Austin, Texas, and El Paso, Texas, um, have populations of uh, over 500,000 people. So if any of you have been around those cities or know of those cities or traveled through those cities, get an idea of the expanse. And then you put that into relativity with the nation of Israel numbering 600,000 So you're talking about Moses and the elders of the tribes of Israel that have taken the entire city of Fort Worth or Austin or El Paso and they've taken the entire city and they're moving. And they're taking one of the major highways and they have stretched out this caravan Now, see, I travel these freeways out here and have lived in this immediate area for a number of years. And family here, so we travel the freeways. And thinking about what that might look like, my goodness gracious, we're talking about an entire population of the city of Fort Worth is just up and moving. And they have this massive caravan. And then you take some of the neighboring cities that might be a couple hundred thousand or we'll say a hundred thousand. And they decide that they wanna go because they know that what is being taught and that the God that has directed this to be done is powerful and good and they believe it to be truth. So they say, you know what, we're gonna go too. Okay, come along, let's go. So now you have an additional group neighboring with them and they start moving. So, oh, I have, I have an analogy. If any of you saw this thing that was going on uh, a number of years ago when the caravan was coming from the south, and people became so alerted to that going on, and the number was not even 600,000, but it stretched for miles. Now, if you can imagine that number, that population, stretch out across the desert and the plains, it was numbering 600,000. And you can imagine what it looked like. And you imagine that they're going by neighboring cities and towns, and this whole massive caravan of people and their animals and their, uh, you know, their. We're not talking about just, you know, a couple backpacks and a suitcase or two. We're talking about carts and animals and herd sheep and uh, camels and goats. And there was a lot because people were traveling with every single thing that they had loaded on the In this caravan. So you had 600,000 people moving along. And they were going by all these places, and people were getting worried and they were getting upset. And you have this one, um, you have this king who was worried because you had this entire number going by. And when they came up, and God heard when Jacob was talking about, hey, you know, God, they're gonna come after us because they don't want us around here. And we will take them. You give us strength, you deliver, and we will take them and we'll take their false idols and we'll destroy them and 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 we'll just go. We've gone. We went around Mount Hor by the way by way of the Red Sea and uh, we did that so that we wouldn't have to go through Adam and we've been promising all these things that we would go around. And the people have been discouraged because we've had to go around all these obstacles and all these different ways. And then after doing all that, God delivering them, as he did always anyway, what did they start to do? Well, let's go down here in Numbers 21 and verse 5. And the people spake against God and against Moses. Where have ye brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water, and our soul loatheth this light bread. Oh my goodness. You talk about a country that just talks smack about God and the leadership that he has put in front of them? Just like what's going on in this nation today. They talk, belittle, degrade those that have faith in God. You have sports Associates that are declaring their faith in God and speaking up about their faith in God, which it says that that will happen in the latter days. And there's more and more of them that are doing that, And there's more and more people that are coming up to speak against them for professing their faith in God. And this here is an example of the nation of Israel that is doing likewise. And they spoke up against God and against Moses and said, You know, we hate this light bread. They hate it. Well, what is that light bread they're talking about? I'm going to share that with you. It's called manna. God gave that to them. Angels eat manna. Manna is heavenly bread. God delivered it to them and the middle of the desert to give them sustenance to have something to, where did it come from? It doesn't grow out there. God delivered this to them, but yet they spoke against God. They spoke against Moses and said that they hate the light bread. Uh, This doesn't taste like anything that we make, so we don't like it. Oh my goodness, you talk about a spoiled child. Some of the things that I used to claim that I didn't like, never tried them. I just said I didn't like them until I tried them then I liked them. (laughs) But these people spoke openly against God and Moses. And then God allowed the fiery serpents. And what that means is that they were venomous poison snakes and they were big, and and here's here's where I get the the analogy and I'm going to tie these things together they were so busy looking down they were looking down their noses they were looking down at and complaining about where they were and they were not looking up and keeping their eyes on God and the delivery that was given to them all around them all the time, but they were too and so busy looking down, woe is me, woe is us, woe is this, we don't like this, we don't like that. God doesn't get us water in time, we we get real cotton mouth and before he delivers the water and we don't like this bread that the angels eat. Um, well, yeah, that's too bad. It's an unfortunate thing. So all these things, and they're so busy looking down, and and they're uh, what's that word? It's an old an old phrase that uh, I heard, uh, grandma and grandpa, and and uh, my mother, and uh, down in the mouth. Yeah, long in the tooth means you're getting old, and down in the mouth is that you're you're sad or you're. Bi- I mean, it's a very obvious thing, like. Uh, when in Nehemiah, when we see that, when he's in front of Actic Xerxes, he could tell that he was, something was different just by his face. So when you're down in the mouth and all that, you can look and you can see that someone is down. They're downtrodden or they're feeling down about something and just, you know, and then you might ask me, oh, nothing, nothing, I don't wanna talk about it. Okay, that's fine. I'm still gonna pray for you because you look terrible. I don't tell people that I am actually really more compassionate than that. But I, I mean, it's pretty obvious that they're not there. But God allowed these fiery serpents to come in and they were biting people and people were dying. And <clears throat> when they came to Moses, they came and of course, where did they go? And this is why Moses cried out to God, God, you got to give me a break here. I have 600,000 of these people and they keep coming at me about everything, when everything's bad, when everything's good. And they're constantly beleaguering me about something. So now they're coming after Moses. First, they were complaining about the heavenly bread and and having to go around all these these other kingdoms so they wouldn't have to fight. (laughs) And then they got into the fight. And then they decided, said, you know, we don't want this bread. We got into this and, you know, Moses has just taken us out of Egypt and we've, we've had nothing but this manna, this heavenly bread that the angels eat, but it's not good enough for us because we're better than that. We're better than the angelic hosts. And we don't like this heavenly bread. So God said, okay, here, I got something for you. So then these fiery serpents, fiery serpents went in among the people and they bit the people and much people of Israel died further reading in verse 7 therefore the people came to Moses and said we have sinned for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us and Moses prayed for the people he did that because that's what Moses does And then God spoke to Moses and told him, he said, you make a fiery serpent, you make it of bronze, and you put up on a pole. And when anyone comes and they look upon the serpent, they lift their eyes up and they look up to the serpent. He didn't tell them to worship the serpent. That would be a false idol. And he didn't tell Moses to tell the people to worship the snake." He just told them to have them come by and they lift their eyes up and they look. Now, this was not some little short pole. We're talking about a staff that Moses put on that they would be forced to lift their head up and look upward and see this thing that was up on this pole probably 10, 12 feet in the air. So I don't believe that there was anybody in the nation of Israel that would be able to just They would not have to lift their head up and they would not have to look up to it. And I share that with you because of this thing that the song is from the scripture. Lift up your head. quit, Quit moping around. nation of Israel did the very same thing. They were moping around and looking down and finding everything that they could possibly find to complain about, which is what which is what the nation does now. They're complaining about these athletes that are praising God and testifying about God and, and claiming their faith in God and they're talking about all that and all these things that are going on I don't like to see what's going on. And as a service veteran and and a veteran that's having all this, and being the age that I am, I'm not much appreciating it. But, you know, here's the thing. My Lord, my God is my strong tower. My faith is in him. Because if my faith was in this government, oh, woe is me lift up your eyes to where your help comes from and you will see our king. If you are a true believer you have faith in God and you believe that Jesus is the only begotten son of God and that he came and he died for you and you lift your eyes up you will see is faithful he is true and he will guide you just like Moses he lifted up that serpent on that tall pole, and they had to lift their eyes up to see it and they were delivered they were delivered When we have a tendency to keep ourselves in the valley, remember a lot of these things, I I gotta remind you that this this is not a physical location. This is a, it's a mental location. And some of you might be way too young to have ever heard this before? But there was a saying that of older folks, and I, when I was younger, the older folks used to use this phrase. They would they would say, "Down in the dumps." Oh, I'm just going I'm just going through a valley right now. Yeah, well, you look like you're so down in the dumps. Well, yeah. And then they would maybe talk about it, and they said, "Oh, wow, really? Okay." Thank-. And in talking about it and sharing that, it you'd see that their spirits were lifted up differently and they were not acting so humdrum. Things had changed. So, brother and sister, I share this with you because we get ourselves down in the dumps. We stay down in the valley and we're so caught up in our self, in self-worth, in self-deprivation, in self Depreciation, and we find all these things that are going wrong, and we don't see the things that are going right. But you have to lift your eyes up, and when you lift your eyes up, what do you see? God is walking with you, He promises that He is with you no matter where you go, whithersoever thou goest. And I've shared this with you a number of times, I know. Sharing it with you again it 's not always about physical point a to point B, just like when Jesus talks about the the enemy breaking in for what he can rob, steal, kill, and name he 's not talking about physicality there he's talking about the attack of the enemy coming in and taking from you your person um, not physically your pocket change or your money or your jewels or taking your wife. He's not talking about that. He's talking about what Satan comes in to take from you or try to get you to give up to him, which many people do, their joy, their their happiness, their contentment, their peace. They surrender those things. They give them up. So, of course, his minions are going to they're going to hold their arms open. They're saying, oh, man, look at that. They're loading up all this stuff. They're they're loading up their happiness, their joy, their peace. Oh, man, look at all this loot we got. Let's take off before they change your mind. Boom. And then they sky. And then what do people start doing? They start whining and crying about, oh, I don't have the joy of the Lord today, so I'm not going to go to church. I don't want to go to Bible study. Yay, the enemy won. This is what Jesus was teaching us and what he continues to teach us. And what Paul talks about being in a spiritual warfare, we are indeed in that. You cannot relinquish what God has given to you so readily. And this is what the nation of Israel was doing. And this is what they're singing about in this song. Down in the valley, woe is me, oh miserable, poor, poor, pitiful me, Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. That was a song we used to sing when we were kids. Poor, poor, pitiful me. Everybody hates me. Nobody loves me. I'm going to go eat worms. And in this case over here, the nation of Israel... Was getting bit by the fiery serpents, and over here the the individual is singing about staying down in the dumps and and not looking up and not seeing anything. and And when they get up to a high point, what are they busy doing? They're so busy looking down on everyone else, looking down on everything around them. They're not even they're not even praising the Lord for being at the high point. And they sing about that. They sing about being on the mountaintops and talking about chasing after the feelings that can only be found up there. Because when I'm standing on top of it, I'm so busy looking down and not looking up. Busy looking down on everyone. Oh, look at me. I'm better than everybody else. Oh, look at me, what I have. I'm better than everybody else. Look at me, what I have. Look at me, what I own. Look at me, what I did. Look at me, look at me, look at me. So they're not busy praising God and thanking God for helping them make the climb and getting them to the top of that mountain. They're busy looking down on everybody. And that self-centered attitude, I've shared that with you. Don't be like that gotta look up so then they get down in that valley and they're busy wandering around down the valley and they're wallowing in that poor poor pitiful me and then when they look up they see that the Lord God is still watching that his eyes and his presence is never left he didn't go anywhere you just gotta look up and look around To see that he's there. And when you talk to him. And when you look up and you raise your eyes up. I see my Lord, my God. And he came as my king. Looking over me. And he saw me from afar off. And he came and died for me anyway. Praise God and worthy of praise is our God Abba Yahweh Aman. Remember, I shared that with you. That's what that word means. Praiseworthy. Abba Yahweh. Heavenly Father, maker of all things made, praiseworthy. Yeshua. Jesus. Praiseworthy. Holy Spirit, praiseworthy. Three in one. Part of the mystery. Share it another time. Brothers and sisters, this is the Word of God, His truth, His knowledge, and it comes in many guises. It comes as a song, it comes through the Bible. And it comes from those that speak to us. So, brothers and sisters, you are in my prayers every day, every night, both my going out and my coming in. Start of my day and end of my day. You're in my prayers. Be blessed.